Good afternoon, everybody. Or sorry, good evening. Um, you know me as the Tiger King, but start the show tonight. We're not we're not talking baseball. Um, my name is Cody. This is my co-host Chris. And many of you are aware. Uh, I'm assuming everybody's aware of the tragedy that uh, that happened in Nashville, Tennessee yesterday, where six lives were taken. And it's a very very sad situation. The situation needs to be addressed. And before we start this show, we want to start out with a moment of silence. Chris, do you have anything to add? Uh, with this, we're going to do this tonight at the top of the show instead of at the end of the show with the random ruminations. Uh, we won't have that segment tonight because we're doing this instead. Uh, it just, it's time to stop children from being murdered in classrooms i don't know the answer i don't know if anybody knows the answer but there's got to be a conversation had and with that um just because somebody has an opposing view of you doesn't mean you have to shut them off immediately uh we got to start listening to each other and finding out a solution to stop this senseless violence taking away our kids amen amen All right. We are live, guys. Coming off a crazy weekend of college baseball, and we have a big weekend coming up ahead. Oh, some crazy stuff happened, but I think before we even get into that, before I even do the show intro or even our proper introductions, Ole Miss, Mike Bianco, what the hell? Second time this year, game has stopped in the middle of the game. Field conditions. No contest with Southern Miss while they're losing. What is up with that? I mean, when you've lost six out of – well, when you've lost seven out of eight and you're sitting 0-6 in the SEC, you take every chance you can to erase a loss. And, yes, the field conditions were actually poor, but he was very supportive of stopping that game for obvious reasons. Because yep. I think Southern Miss is probably going to beat him. More than likely. And, I mean, my gosh. That being said, I am the Tiger King. I am joined by my co-host. I am the propeller head. See the propeller? <laughs> <laughs> it never goes away. That's right. So, guys, welcome to the show tonight. You know what? I'm not even going to play our intro tonight. Let's just get into this thing. We got <laughs> We got some good baseball to talk about tonight. Got some um, bad baseball to talk about too. Yes, yes. Um, man, um, you know this this past weekend when all the schedule changes happened because of those terrible storms that came. Through, I mean, that, that was I mean that was some of the worst weather we've had in quite a while. And uh, thank, very blessed it didn't hit us. But um, LSU's game uh, series with Arkansas was changed. They moved the game up on Friday from 6.30 to noon. Then they did a doubleheader on Saturday. Game one, it finished, nine innings finished, tied one-to-one. -one. 
the reason Arkansas scored that one was because Paul Skeens threw a wild pitch. Unfortunate. Gets extra innings, and then for some reason, Arkansas assumed it was batting practice. Um, our hero, Christian Little, comes in. He did have the best outing, along with our other relief pitchers. Um, Arkansas takes game one. I don't know what Jay Johnson said, but game two and three, those bats would not stop. I mean, that was ruthless. For Arkansas to be a top five program and to get manhandled like that, I mean, that's just that's scary. Because a lot of people, yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, Skeens was Skeens on Friday. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better performance. Um, Ty Floyd was a little bit off to start, but then he closed very strong and did very well. And then on um, the second game, um, Chase Shores, he, or, I'm sorry, not Chase Shores, Thatcher Hurd, he, I don't know, it's like he's hit and miss. Like, I think he's still trying to develop into his own or something, but the the real hero for LSU of the weekend was Garrett Edwards coming out of the bullpen. He pitched in both games on Saturday, threw 10 pitches in the first game, and then uh, he went, I think, four or five innings in the second game. And, I mean, he was just unhittable. He looked amazing. And, like, I had no complaints with what he did. Honestly, if you just used him for every relief role we have for the rest of the year, I'm, I'm all for it. Let him throw 5,000 pitches this year. Let's go. <laughs> but, no, in all seriousness, though, he, he did a phenomenal job. And uh, I really liked the coaching uh, the coaching in that um, game. And, honestly, Arkansas wasn't that they were bad. It's just LSU did everything right. I mean, they really did. And they they definitely played like the number one team in the country in those two games. And this weekend's a big test. Um, they played Grambling tonight. Well, they're still playing Grambling two and a half hours almost later. And it's not even over yet. Um but just have a little tune-up, just like Tennessee had tonight, and ready to go Thursday night. I'm glad I don't play on Thursday. <laughs> I know. I hate <laughs> Thursday games. I really we, do. We, we actually got a series this week that, uh, from the outside looking in, you think Vanderbilt should sweep it. Mm-hmm. But Georgia's kind of had our number the last couple of years. They really have. and But no. Georgia, they're hit, so hit and miss this year. I don't know what's up with them. Like, one, one weekend, they look unbeatable. And then the last two, they just dropped an egg and have looked horrible. The good part is some of the pitchers that they've had over the past few years aren't there anymore, which bodes well true. for us. <laughs> Very true. And our bats – Seemed to finally decided it was baseball season. <laughs> uh, number one offense in the SEC. There you go. I don't. I don't understand how they flipped the switch like that, but I'll take. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so far, I mean, in SEC play, this this has got to be one of the more impressive offensive lineups that Corbin's had in terms of what they've done so far in conference play. So, just to put it into perspective. In all of 2022, we had nine players on the entire season hit three home runs. Yeah. Already this year, we've got 10 that have three or more home runs. Which is insane. (laughs) Where did that come from? Because 
we weren't hitting home runs in the non-conference schedule. And it's literally just been the last few weeks that they've been hitting these home runs. Crazy. I mean, it's so unheard of, and it and it's. I mean, it's it's, it's so refreshing to see that. I, I'm thrilled to see Vanderbilt hitting the bombs, but it's weird. So, <laughs> one guy, and I, I'll use him specifically. Parker Nolan was part of that 2021 team that absolutely got boat raced in the college world series championship. And he seemed to have taken it personal Mm -hmm. because he probably had one of the best weekends a Vanderbilt player has had in quite some time. For sure. He had two grand slams, three home runs total, uh, 14 RBIs on the weekend. He hit 583, and it's against the team that beat us in the World Series. Exactly. And, and my gosh, I don't understand, you know, why he couldn't take it personal last year. Right. Why we had to go through the struggles. But to see him take that series personal this weekend, I, I think was a good thing to see. It's definitely, it's definitely good for the future. And, uh, definitely. I mean, hey, the way they're playing too. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they're not peaking because when Vanderbilt's good, the conference is good, and I, and I want, I want them to keep doing good. I really do. Well, there's, there's a couple teams when they're good, the entire SEC is good. Tennessee's one of them. Mm-hmm. We've always said if Tennessee being good makes the SEC better, mm-hmm. and Clearly, they have. Uh, I think Kentucky being good makes the SEC better because it's not just one of them guaranteed wins. You actually got to go out there and play. Yeah. Now, now three weeks ago, having Kentucky on your schedule looked like a good thing. Now I'm just I'm kind of dreading it because you you know LSU has Tennessee this weekend, South Carolina next weekend, and Kentucky the following weekend. How would you like to schedule Tennessee's got? I can't. I, I can't remember what theirs is off the top of my head. It's LSU this weekend, and then after LSU, three games with Florida and Knoxville. Ooh. Three games at Arkansas. Mm. <laughs> then Vanderbilt comes to town for three games, oh and, and then and then they finally get a reprieve with Mississippi State coming to town. Yeah, I'll I'll keep our schedule. (laughs) These these next four series for Tennessee is one of the biggest gauntlets that you could go through in a college baseball season. Sure, absolutely. I mean, if they can if they can get out of that one game above five hundred or two games above five hundred, essentially, and that's a that's a victory. And I'm and I want to throw hand out here to. a guy that's joined us the last couple of weeks, Mr. George. Um, I'm sure he would trade what he's got going on today for the series that he had uh, last week. Uh, gladly losing the series and getting the payoff that he got today. Um, welcome to new baby into the world today. I believe her name is Josie. Yes. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Uh, congratulations to uh, George on that. Uh, we'll get you back on here next week. You, you just take time with your family. 
Yes, congratulations. Very happy that it was a healthy birth. I'm very happy. Good night, Leah. I love you, sweetheart. Um, I'm very happy that everything went well. And God, baby's super cute, man. Very, very happy for you guys. She took after her mom. That's the good thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, after since we've done a little bit of smack talking here towards some teams, which has been great already, um, I don't know about you, but I feel like it's the perfect time for us to go ahead and talk about the Dirty Sock. Well, I mean, <laughs> once, once it got dirtied up, it ain't never gotten clean. So, I'm about to say, yeah, that, whatever they did, used, it's stained for life now. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, so, if, if anyone's wondering, if you watched our show last week, you can essentially just rewatch that segment and pretty much give you the answer. But Terry Sox stays just with the state of Mississippi. It's not getting any better, apparently. Um, Ole Miss, eh, we give you we'll, we'll give you a little bit of love since it was Florida that hammered you, but. Mississippi State. Mm. Mm. It's okay to lose to Vanderbilt. That's okay. But to get absolutely demolished by any team is not okay. And that was just straight up embarrassing. I mean, it was the most embarrassing performance I've seen all year probably in the SEC. Uh, Vandy put up 55 runs in three games, never scored less than 11. And Actually, two of them, even though they got the gap in the ninth inning, two of them were run rule games. Yep. I, I'm counting it as run rule. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I'm going to look this stat up real quick um, because I, I saw it at work, and I want to I make sure I have it exactly correct. It's um, just the conference-only statistics. And – you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this one. Um, what do you think Mississippi State's team ERA is right now, and just conference only? Um, I saw this the other day. I want to say it was going into the game on Sunday. It was sixteen point one six. Well, they lowered it a little bit. It's fourteen point nine eight. Oh, they they hold us to eleven that day, so it got got a little bit better. I mean, my gosh, and then the. The next worst is A and M at eight point eight eight. I mean, that's they gave they gave up just just about in the seven to nine runs a game against Tennessee, didn't they? In every mm -hmm. game. Yep. Their offense kept them in it, but just was not enough. Didn't have um, the arms. Here's here's a fun statistic for you, Vanderbilt has the best average batting average in the SEC at 366. The, and this is only and by the way it's only six games. They have and this is crazy 82 runs on 82 hits. To put that in perspective, the next closest amount of hits to them is LSU with 67. And we then saw you, what LSU did. <laughs> yes. And then you go and you look at the home run category. Coming into conference play, Vanderbilt had what eleven? I want to say ten. Ten? Okay. Yep. Nineteen home runs in conference play. I mean, that's just unheard of. 
and another good stat too for Vanderbilt. They've only got 43 strikeouts. Because I know historically Vanderbilt's been a pretty strikeout heavy team. 43 yeah. strikeouts in six games is not terrible. So what what's our uh, LOB numbers looking like? Let's see if it gives me that stat. Of course, it's not going to give me that stat. Because that LOB is the bane of my existence. Oh, of course. Every year, Vanderbilt is among the nation's leaders in guys left on base. (laughs) And I think I saw Sunday they had like five LOBs, which. That's actually not bad. Not bad at all, considering it's Vanderbilt and. For the last 10 years, they've been averaging about 10 a game. <laughs> sure. All right, let's see. I think this might. Runners left on base. Um, 42. 42 so in six games. That's seven a game. Seven a game. That's not terrible. No. I, I can live with that. <laughs> For sure. I mean, if it makes you feel better, LSU's left 55 in. We're not the worst. worst. Now, Tennessee has the best number in the conference, but to be fair, it's because they haven't gotten very many hits, but they've left 30 on base. Not bad. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy. Um, So so one of the teams teams that that handled Tennessee, Missouri, uh, they went into South Carolina this weekend and got swept. But I feel like you have to put an addendum on that because throughout the week they lost, I don't remember if it was three pitchers in three games or four pitchers in four games. Yeah. But that definitely is not the same team that Tennessee faced. No. They don't have the arms anymore. Um, We hope that they're just not season enders and they're just precautionary injury type things and that they can come back. But that's got to be devastating for that team because they looked like they were heading in the right direction. I mean, they looked like they were a super regional team up until, well, the injuries. And it's truly a shame. I mean, I picked them last week to take South Carolina in that series. I really did. And then it was unfortunate for sure. Um, Let's see here. I see – Arkansas took out their anger uh, with LSU on Omaha tonight. They uh, should. <laughs> I, I did see it earlier. They were just they were cranking bomb after bomb, and it, <laughs> yeah, they find they they got that out of their system. Man. Um. So I'm looking at the schedule for this weekend. Thursday, you have. South Carolina at Mississippi State and Tennessee at LSU. That's your Thursday uh, matchups. The weird thing, though, is that LSU-Tennessee is on ESPNU and Mississippi State-South Carolina get the network game. That's weird to me. I I don't understand. Well, to be fair, South Carolina hasn't gotten that publicity much in the last few years. So, you know, you got to share the wealth a little bit. They're they're playing some really good baseball, so share the wealth a little bit. Let them have the spotlight once. See what they see what they can do with the light on. 
I guess. <laughs> um, and then Friday you have um, Auburn at Florida, Missouri at Kentucky, which I think that's actually going to be a good series. Even with the hurt arms, I think Missouri and Kentucky, that is the battle of the teams that everybody wrote off before the season started. And it has potential to be a very, very entertaining series. Um, yeah. You got Georgia at Vanderbilt. You got Ole Miss at Texas A&M, the battle of the crap West teams and, and in terms of what they've done so far, unfortunately. Um, you have Alabama at Arkansas. So, I mean, some very good, good matchups this weekend. Alabama for the sweep. Yeah. <laughs> That and, not the good, and not the good sweep. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. They're the ones getting swept. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yeah, on the road, yeah, that's gonna be a big challenge. Um they should have been swept again. They should have been swept this weekend by Kentucky. And they really a, should have been. kind of a crazy call at the end of the game there. Yes. Um let's see here. So, right now in the SEC East, you have two undefeated teams in conference play with South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Then you have Florida and Kentucky both at five and one. And then you have Missouri and Tennessee at three and three, Georgia at one and five. In the West, you have LSU and Arkansas both at four and two, Bama at two and four, Auburn at two and four, AM one and five, and the state of Mississippi 0 and 12. And yes, I'm going to continue laughing at the state of Mississippi because I'm going to say it on air. I don't know what kind of deal they made with the devil to win their college world series, both of them. <laughs> but I think they should have read the fine print. And I think they might need to make a trip back to uh, Clarksdale and visit the intersection of uh, what is it, 61 and 49. I believe it is actually. <laughs> And go back to the crossroads and and rehash that deal. <laughs> and by the way, I want to throw it out there that Chris actually came up with the whole deal with the devil. So anybody else saying it, just know that Chris is the original creator of that. Because <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Um, so tonight, our uh, mid-major darling Campbell has gone down. They lost 3-2 to two at William & Mary. Um. Southeastern Louisiana, they only had they only took three hit by pitches last weekend. So you would think that they're pulling away, but they're not. So Florida Gulf Coast going into this week's games only trailed them by one hit by pitch. Oh wow. So apparently Florida Gulf Coast has been hit like fifty times in the last week because that number was a large gap for a long time. Yeah. Um let's see here. Get a couple score updates. So, and, I, and, and I wanted to address uh, this Campbell deal because I don't know what uh, 11.7 is looking at or college, uh, what is it, College Baseball Nation? Yes. College Baseball Nation has ECU at number six in the country. Yeah, I don't get that. And Campbell at number 12, despite Campbell being 2-0 and against ECU and sweeping the season series with them. That's why, what I say. Why is ECU up there and Campbell's down here? 
I don't get it. I mean, maybe it's strength of schedule overall. Um, maybe people are saying, well, it's midweek games that matter. So I've seen that argument. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, head to head, that's all that matters to me. It's baseball. Yeah. Two and oh, that's important. Yep. Um, like I was telling you off the air, LSU is currently playing Grambling. They're up uh, 16 to four right now, or sorry, 17 to four right now in the seventh. And, uh, they were literally going against a soft tossing lefty, and by soft tossing, I mean his fastball was 72 miles an hour tonight. And the fact that that's in D1, it, it blows my mind. So yeah. Vanderbilt actually didn't have a game scheduled for tonight, but last week's game against uh, Lipscomb was rained out. They stopped it in the third inning. So tonight they restarted the game completely. Uh, rescheduled it and started the game at the top of the first. But what's unique about this game is Vanderbilt announced earlier today that all proceeds from tonight's game would be donated to Covenant School. And before the game, both teams circled up on the field before their, uh, before they took the field for warm-ups. Uh, got together on the field in a circle. It was led by uh, a Lipscomb pre, uh, pitcher. And they did have a uh, prayer meeting right there on the field and lifted some prayers for everybody. I, I think that deserved to be mentioned because of the situation. You know, all the people are affected directly in Nashville. The victims we're actually taken to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and when you're in the town and that happens, you know, it affects everybody. Absolutely. And, and kudos to the city of Nashville for the way they handled it. Uh, Vanderbilt specifically by donating their proceeds for tonight. And I want to, I want to, say thank you to Lipscomb University for going along with that and uh, being willing to say, yeah, the, let's do this. So Absolutely. kudos to Lipscomb for uh, stepping up in that with Vanderbilt. You know, and it's, it's, it's always nice to see. It seems like anytime there is like any kind of like tragedy in terms of like something that affects the world when it's baseball season, you do see universities step up like that. And it's really, it's really nice to see, you know, a few years ago when uh, Donnie Everett passed, you know, all the players stepped up and really paid tribute to him throughout the season. That was wonderful to see, and, obviously and, different situations. But And speaking of Donnie Everett, uh, a, a certain player I became a lifelong fan of because he was the first one to do it. And that was uh, Mr. Kramer Robertson at LSU. He took, took his hat and wrote, DE 41 on the bill of his hat he was the first one to do it. And, mm -hmm. you know, kudos to him, that young man for stepping up there and doing that. And to extend off of Kramer Robertson, his mother has led the LSU Lady Tigers to the final four after a weird performance the other day against Miami. <laughs> you know why it was weird, right? Why is that? They couldn't see the basket for all the sparkles <laughs> on her on her outfit. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I love the way she dresses. And um, so Kramer's sister, she has kids, and 
her daughter was wearing like a little shirt that had some sparkle on it. And I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's pretty cute. So I, I thought Porter Wagner was coming out to coach the team. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they actually have, um, have the LSU, they have them favored by one point in their final four matchup, which shocked me. I'll take it though. And then, um, I mean, I think South Carolina takes it. I don't think it's going to be an upset or anything happening. I think it's just going to be that. This is a baseball show. I don't know what talking and, about. And, and, <laughs> and, and as a baseball show, we have a team that uh, should be in the top 25, the Iowa Hawkeyes. I didn't see the D1 poll this week, but the other polls that I saw didn't have them in there. They should be. And – we're going to cross this over into basketball again. If, <laughs> if there is one team left that can beat South Carolina, it would be the Iowa Lady Hawks and Miss Caitlin Clark. She's awesome. Who's a bucket a minute. <laughs> and Pretty much. If, I'm not saying Iowa will win that game, but if there's one team that could beat them, mm-hmm. Iowa's that team. Absolutely agree. But, I was, they got a great team this year. And 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 I'm going to use that for a segue into something. Because <laughs> when it comes to women's college basketball, one of the all-time great programs is the University of Texas. And true. the University of Texas, as you know, had a Hall of Fame coach named Jody Con- Conrad. But not only did Texas have an elite basketball team, in, in the women's basketball, they've always had an upper echelon baseball team. So, is there anything you'd like to add to that part? Yes, there is, actually. Because the Texas Longhorns have been on a roll lately. I mean, they have been amazing. I owe them a heat streak now that I think about it. Totally forgot to make that. We'll make that and post that because they have earned it. They have played their hearts out ever since their their start of the season was very rough. It was. And a lot of people wrote them off instantly. And the last 15, now well, now 16 games, they played a and tonight, and last I saw they were winning. They have been un, unbeatable. And their pitching has been great. Offense has been great. Everything you could ask for, Texas has done it right. And with that being said, they are the recipient of the Golden Broom Award which is special because they are the first team this year to get a dirty sock and a golden broom award. (laughs) That's a a turnaround. It is. And I love to see it. Yep. And they they're currently at 14 straight. And I think they'll be at 15 tonight if they hold on. So I really, I really hope they do because I I like seeing Aiden go down. So, (laughs) but yes, shout out to the Longhorns. They're doing a very good job. Um, I really I like I like this this turnaround they've done. I really hope it continues for them. I hope it carries over into the postseason. And I really hope we see Texas at the I mean, I don't I don't I'm not gonna say Omaha obviously, but I wanna see them at least hit you know, make a super this year. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It's always good when Texas is in a super regional. Absolutely. They're one of the blue bloods. They are leading five to two in the bottom of the eight. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. Against uh, Texas A&M. 
which and they need that too because they're zero and three against the SEC so far this year. So this this would be a good win for them. Yeah. Yep. So. Um. So I don't know about you, but um, you about you ready to do some predictions for this weekend? Well, I, I was going to touch on your on the Golden Broom. Um, there were a couple teams that were up for that this week. For sure. Um. One of them I'm going to give mention to because they did beat a ranked team. And what is significant about that ranked team is the Florida Gators had not swept Ole Miss since 1988. I did not know that. Wow. That's a long time ago. I mean, I, that that's my entire lifetime, plus two years. <laughs> That's when I I graduated school in 1987. Wow. <laughs> so it goes back that far. Um, and, yes, you know, what Texas did in sweeping Texas Tech is the first time in 16 or 17 years, something yeah, like that. Um, Texas Tech is going in a completely different direction than Ole Miss at the time. And – that was the deciding factor is the level of competition and the trend of the two teams that were playing. Um, we also considered uh, Virginia. Mm -hmm. I believe it was Virginia yes. that swept uh, Florida State. Again, Florida State's going in the opposite direction that you want them to. Uh, I didn't even nominate Vanderbilt for a golden broom because the level of competition just wasn't there. No. So, but I wanted to throw that out there. I, I, we were taking some grief earlier in the week about Florida getting a golden broom, and uh, they were considered a, just the deciding factor was the direction of the opponent that they were playing. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of Virginia, they um, they played a team that's been fringe top twenty five the last couple of weeks, Old Dominion, who actually was coming off of like a fifteen game winning streak. And they beat them eight to one tonight. Virginia is a team to definitely keep an eye on this year. They they played some really good baseball so far. Let's see here. Hmm, that's an interesting score. What's that? Uh, top nine, Florida International five, Miami three. Ooh. That, ooh. That's not good at all. <laughs> Let's see here. And Oklahoma State goes out and lays an egg tonight. They sure did. But Dallas Baptist needed that win. They needed it bad. UCLA on a on a downward trend as well, uh, losing the series to Washington and getting beat by Cal State Fullerton tonight. They're heading in a bad direction. Yep, which is very strange because a lot of people had UCLA as a top five team going into the season. Let's see here. Just scanning through some scores right here, see if anything catches my eye. Saw one, 22 to 7 or something. I think it was 22 to 7. Jeez. Yeah. Kinesius, uh, 22, Binghamton, 7. 
when you get into some of them smaller schools like that, it's not unusual to see uh, some weird growing totals like that. For sure. Nice ranked matchup uh, midweek, Boston College in Connecticut. Yes. And for me, Connecticut's kind of a surprise this year. I didn't expect them to be uh, as good as what they are because last year's team had a lot of older players, a lot of seniors and fifth-year mm-hmm. seniors. I, I just didn't – I wasn't sure that they'd be able to continue on the trend that they were on last year. But it seems like they haven't missed a beat. They're uh, ranked number 20 this week. Yep. Let's see here. Um, LSU got another mercy rule win tonight against, I mean, it's nothing special, but against Grambling, 17 to 5. Okay. Okay. And we'll take we, it. We, we have breaking news. Okay. Northwestern has won their second game of the season and now sit at 2 and 17. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. They knocked off Northern Illinois 15-11. to 11. Not only do they score their second win, but they put 15 runs on the board on eight, 18 hits. Wow. That's where awesome. Did, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's their invisible assistant coach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not even sure who. Uh... Yo. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Look, I just got off doing an LSU podcast with former LSU pitcher Chris Moy. We're getting everything lined up. Orange Caravan's coming for you. You, Cody, coming for you. And Scott Irwin, if you're watching this, you've talked too much junk. I really feel bad for what's about to happen to your team, man. Has but we just, we just broke it down. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we gave out production. I'm sorry to jump in the middle of this, but I had to come in and ask this question of both of you. We broke it down. Obviously, Chris, former LSU player, he picked LSU to win the series. Jim, LSU fan, he picked LSU to sweep the series. So this is where I was. This is where I was. Chris, I'm going to start with you. I said to myself, Tennessee got Chase Dolander coming in. He hasn't looked as sharp as, as he did last year, right? He's looked sharp for after the first inning. He's looked as good as any pitcher in the country. If they find a way to get that Thursday night game, you, and then, then LSU takes Friday, if it becomes a bullpen game on Saturday, give me Tennessee all day to win the series. So the key is Thursday night. Yeah, I, w- I, would, agree. I would agree with that assessment. I think Tennessee's got a better bullpen. Uh, I've mentioned it before. One thing I've noticed about LSU is their Saturday and Sunday guys have a tendency to give up some runs. And if you start giving up runs to a, a team like Tennessee, it's going to get you in trouble. Cody, talk to <laughs> me. You, Man, a guy that picked Arkansas to win the series last week. There's, there's, there's a, there's a, a method, method to the that. madness. Of course, of course. Um, you know, I actually fully agree with you. I think that um, if Tennessee, if they can start hot on Thursday, I, it's going to be very hard hill to climb for LSU the rest of the weekend. I think that. Um, I think the pitching matchups are phenomenal in all three games. Agreed. But, I mean, all right, game one, I call that a tie in pitcher, in starting pitchers. I'm not going to say one's better. I mean, both are great in their own way. 
Top five MLB good. prospects. I mean, there doesn't you get go. any better. Game two, Ty Floyd, great future ahead of him. He's number two in that. Um, Thatcher Heard, love the kid, but again. Got to go Drew Beam in the cream, baby. Absolutely. I mean, it, but the one difference maker that, that emerged for LSU against Arkansas was Garrett Edwards. And I have a feeling that he's definitely earned an increased role in the um, from the bullpen. And I definitely see him probably being extended in probably game two or three. I don't think we'll see him in the first game. But some good news for LSU, though, is Nate Ackenhausen, our left-hander uh, reliever, he is actually coming back from a minor injury. So he wasn't available for Arkansas. He will be available this weekend. Very good to hear. And um, I think that he can be a difference maker for us in game two or three. But this series, you can't predict this series. I mean, I mean, truthfully predict it. You can. You can have your, I want this to happen, but – these guys are coming out. This, I mean, they're going to give everything they got. Both all both teams are, and I. The homer in me says LSU, but come yeah, on. of course, that's the homer in me is picking Tennessee. But one thing I wanted, and I pointed out to Chris on his the his sixty feet six inches podcast, his LSU podcast. If you don't follow it, do go follow it. Great content. Mm-hmm. But one thing that really stood out uh, to me was talking about Garrett Edwards. The guy's got like a .59 ERA, and his K-to-walk ratio is insane. Uh, they tend to think that that guy's going to be in the closer role. But, you know, in college, closer doesn't mean the ninth inning only. It can mean six, sure. seven, eight, whatever it is. So I think you're right. He'll get some extended time. The one thing that the question that I asked to Chris as a former pitcher is, what happens eventually every good pitcher gets hit around? What right. happens to Paul Skeens once that does happen? Because I'm not saying Tennessee's going to do it. But this, the odds are with you that eventually bats are going to find barrel. For sure. You're going to see some balls. Like, if you leave one over the middle against Blake Burke, he has the ability to put it 450 feet. Easy. Then what happens? <laughs> we got to see that, right? I think Paul yeah. Skeens is the most talented pitcher in the country. I don't know For about sure. best yet because I got to see a little bit more, mm-hmm. but most talented. Because when you stand, when you look behind him, Chris brought this up, it's not 102. I don't even care about that. It's the movement on a two-seam fastball to a, like a left-handed pitcher. It's ridiculous. What do you do? If you're Blake Burke and you go up there and you know that you're hitting 350, 360, you've put the best pitchers out into the water, and a guy comes up there and throws you 97-mile-an-hour two-seam that moves off the side, it's impossible. That's why. Really I, I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. The pitching matchup is what I'm really looking forward to, but I think a couple of names, and I think that Chris can attest to this. When is the last time? Tennessee went into a road series because it didn't happen last year as an underdog. Like maybe it was a, a a toss up against Vanderbilt when they went in, but when is the last time they went into a series with everybody saying Tennessee should not win a game? Uh, the last time I remember that was uh, the Ole Miss series last night last year, and I remember what happened in that series. That's it what was, it was very good. Point. Not very pretty. Yeah, very good point. So I think for me as a Tennessee fan, probably the homer in me, I think people are just they're forgetting the talent because you saw them get swept by Missouri. I understand they didn't look great, but they come back and sweep AM. We can think what we want about AM, but that's still a team that has a lot of talent. That's still a team that we saw take a Sunday game from LSU, and mm-hmm. we saw Lamb can come in and really kind of stifle that LSU lineup for a little bit of time. And it's that they they Tennessee beat Lamkin around. I mean, they put up seven, eight runs against the guy. So I think that to to just say LSU's gonna sweep this series, Tennessee don't have a chance, you're really missing the point because first of all, take Tennessee out of here. This is the SEC. 
any team can come into an opposing, you know, stadium and put it on you because that's how deep the talent is. As long as you're not Mississippi State or Miss, I was better. I was better. <laughs> I, I was actually going to say even Mississippi State and Ole Miss, no. you know, there's enough talent there that they could get some wins against some people. Sure, and they will the, given the right situation. They will, but I, I think that the, they're going to be hyped up for this game. Look, we've had Chase Dolander on our and off the bench podcast. We've had Paul Skeens on the po- podcast. Tommy White. We've had him on the podcast. All those guys were talking about this series, and we interviewed him preseason. So they they yep. know this one's coming in. And the one thing that stood out to me about listen, Chase Burns was another one. When you talk about this series, they didn't talk any smack. It was all respect, humble. Those guys are great. That guy's the best at what he does. It's going to be an honor to face off against this dude. So uh, I know the fans, and they're coming at me on Twitter. And I, that's what I do, right? That's the stick. We're trying to get some fo- podcast listens, right? But mm-hmm. as far as these dudes, there's nothing but the tip of cap of respect for what's yep. fixing to go down. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. It'll be a classy affair. Um Patello so, versus Johnson is a very intriguing match. Will that be classy? I'm not sure that one's going to no, be that No, no, not at all. Not at so, all. So, Randy, give me your thoughts. I mentioned earlier, I, I think Tony's going to come out with something. He's got something up his sleeve. And with Dylan Cruz, the way he's hitting the ball, do you think Tony might actually pull a Vanderbilt and do a bat check on him? You know, it was odd. <laughs> it was so odd to me this past weekend watching them against A&M I've never seen Tony Vitello more subdued. And now, obviously, he had already gotten run uh, from a, a game the weekend before, but he really didn't argue a lot in the AM series. And there were some calls that were questionable. And those are normally moments where Tony would go out, talk to the umpire. He really stayed in the dugout and he said some things. But honest to goodness, I think he was saving it, man, because he knows going into Baton Rouge, if he puts the pressure on himself, it takes it off of his team. Don't okay. worry about me. I got this. And Tony Vitello does not mind being hated. That guy does not care. Bring it to me. I, I can't wait, man. This is what it, this is what look, Chase Dolander, Paul Skeens. If you if that don't get you going, even as a fan of, of Vanderbilt or whoever, then you're just you don't love baseball, man. This is what we're sure. here for. This yeah. this should be prime time. This shouldn't even be ESPN. They should put this on CBS. Yeah, I, it's on I ESPN U of all times. What'd you say, Chris? I know what I'm going to be doing Thursday night. <laughs> it's going to be such a great matchup. And for, if you're college baseball, if you're the SEC, you, you can't put this on ESPNU, man. You had Tennessee and A&M on ESPN like the mothership and not LSU Tennessee on a Thursday night when no other college baseball of a primetime matchup is happening to this regard. You got to do better. And I saw some guys on Twitter saying this. The NCAA doesn't do baseball, college baseball well enough. While I disagreed with his whole take, his premise of saying the NCAA doesn't take it serious enough, this is exactly why. ESPN for Paul Skeens, Chase Dolander, Tony Vitello, Jay Johnson. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Absolutely. I remember a few years back, Vanderbilt was in the same boat. They're the defending national champions, making a run for a second College World Series, and they couldn't even get on the SEC network. And it's – you know, these guys got to do better. They got all the way better. around. And they make it so hard, too. Like, you can watch on ESPN Plus, but, you know, you got to go and dig through and the app glitches. You just got to make it more accessible to the kids and the people that are trying to watch it. And if it's not regional, I mean, it's just a pain in the rear. It is. But I'll be there live and in person. I'm taking all that out. I'm going to be in Alex Box Stadium with, you know, I don't, how many do y'all hold down there? 11,000? 
15, actually, I think. 15. Well, whatever they hold, it's gonna all of them gonna be in there. I saw oh, I read on sure. Twitter earlier that they're gonna they're gonna open up more room for scouts because the amount of scouts that are coming to the, the Thursday night game specifically to see Chase Dolan or Paul Skeens, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's every scout in the major leagues because That's all of them mean. want a shot. And you're there to see Dylan Cruz, you're there to see Blake Burke, you're there to see all these guys, Tommy White. I mean, a name that nobody's talking about, Chris, and I know you know this as a, as a Vanderbilt fan, that nobody really talks about enough is Christian Moore for Tennessee. To Put that down as my X factor. Put that down. Because that guy, he's a dude, man. You want to talk about the heart of a team and who's going to be the guy that steps up? All he's doing is hitting 360 on the year so far. And even in the Missouri series, you know, just hit about 450. Nobody else hitting. Christian Moore just popping. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, def- definitely an X factor in that in that series another player for lsu that might be an x factor is uh christian little i you know, hope he's so fa- he's faced <laughs> tennessee a couple times before yep um his freshman year he did fairly well against he him. did last year sophomore year though last year not so much he pitched two innings last year gave up uh two hits and a run uh wasn't spectacular yeah it wasn't bad though it wasn't, bad. wasn't terrible either uh that's He's going to be another X factor. I think that's that probably Christian why he's tonight. I, I agree, but I honest to goodness thought going into the 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 A the Sunday game, Tony Vitello pitched like seven or nine guys, and he kept throwing lefties, 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 and I'm like, man, it's weird. Why is he throwing all these lefties? Then it started to dawn on me. Okay, well he's got a this is strategy. You're not going to throw these guys because he threw Xander Seacrest in a Sunday game, and that's the midweek starter. So yeah. what does Tony Vitello do? He starts Xander Seacrest tonight again. I'm like, what? What in the hell? So he threw another seven guys out there tonight, and nobody pitched more than an inning or two. Some guys only pitched for a, a batter, so it's really matchup. So I think if you watch Tennessee these last couple of games, it's been all strategy to get ready for LSU. But what you will not see, all due respect to Arkansas. You guys have a great team. I expect to see you in Omaha. Tennessee's not going to go all in to try to win Thursday night. They're not going to throw out everything they have Thursday night. No. Their goal is to win the series, whether people think that's a realistic goal or not. Tennessee has more arms currently than Arkansas does. Now, what we, oh, Chris, unfortunately for Tennessee, they got a bunch of right handed starters. That's the problem. And Tennessee, uh, LSU, the left handed, right handed splits are pretty alarming when you look at it. Their left handers have given LSU problems. I don't know, man. It's going to be some fun Our, stuff. I, the Vanderbilt left handers didn't give them any problems last year. So, well, <laughs> That's, that's true. Vanderbilt. <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, look, man, I, I think that the, Vanderbilt's in the best position possible, right? Because you got right in this like oh. this weekend. All of the all of the hype is on Tennessee LSU. And if LSU does what they should do, win the series, Vanderbilt is in a strong position with Florida to run away from Tennessee. Because if Tennessee drops two or even three, and that puts them at three or four and five or three and six, that's a really steep hole to climb out of when you got Florida. Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Arkansas, all left on your schedule for Tennessee. So I don't want to say it's a must-win series, but it's a must-win series. Yeah, and and Vanderbilt is in a good spot if they can if they can pull a sweep this weekend, which oh, you would draft. expect against Georgia, they should. But that puts them at nine and zero a third of the way through the season. That's a lot of ground to make up. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, like I said, if Tennessee – just say Tennessee wins one and they're sitting at four and five, I mean, that's a lot, bro. I mean, you're talking about a full five-game lead. 
That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. Even if they sweep Vanderbilt, which I don't expect that to happen, but if they sweep them, you still got another two games you got to make up somewhere else. Yeah. So it's tough, man. Big, big. What, 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 what were we talking about before I rudely interrupted y'all? We were just going through the scoreboard, checking out some weird scores from tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're really just twiddling our thumbs, to be honest with you. Yeah. We're actually getting ready to do our predictions for the weekend. How about the Memphis Tigers? My boy Carrick down there doing thing, getting another win tonight. They're playing some they good play? baseball down there this year. Yeah. They – hold on. I'm about to tell you. They played Arkansas Pine Bluff tonight and got the 9-5 dub. Nice. They, they're playing – and look, that's a that's a program that had the same coach for like 23 years, I think, and just been kind of dabbling in less than mediocrity. And Carrick's come in and immediately put a jolt in the program – they immediately scheduled a fall scrimmage with Tennessee. Uh, they got a game with Mississippi State midweek, game with Ole Miss midweek. I think they're putting Tennessee back on the schedule. So, Carrick, that dude gets it, man. He's going to come in here. Let's let's play these SEC schools. Y'all are in my backyard recruiting my players in my city. I want them to come see us. So, I, I love what he's doing, man. And I think if that guy stays there a couple years, he might have something special over here in the 901 because there's a lot of baseball talent. Chris could tell you there's a lot of baseball talent right here in the city. Sure. Especially, well, not just in city, but in West Tennessee in general, there's oh, yeah. a ton of talent. So, didn't Memphis lose one of their best pitchers last year? Yes. And went to Mississippi State, I believe, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, I think he's regretting that this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are getting to play at the dude, but I mean – how, you know, it's not that cool if you're getting beat run ruled every game. <laughs> you know, Mississippi State's got to come to Knoxville this year after we, you know, that's that Mississippi State, they got it bad, man. I've been in some Twitter spaces with those guys, Lounge and, and all those dudes. They're down bad, guys. We got to send up some prayers for the state loyals. <laughs> when you make a deal with the devil, Chris, the devil comes calling. I'm telling you. <laughs> Cody, Cody actually mentioned it earlier that I'm. I said that like three weeks ago on our show, and all of a sudden it's blown up on Twitter. I'm, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's big facts, man. Texas Tech lost again tonight. My goodness. Oklahoma State dropped an egg out there tonight. North Coastal Carolina, they got to be pretty good, huh? They are pretty good, actually. They, um, yeah, they're they're probably the best they've been since they won it all a few years ago. But East Carolina got smoked. Nine three. Uh, Campbell, Campbell lost. Shut it down. <laughs> Roll right. damn humps. Uh, yeah, Campbell I, lost. Your your home your home state lost too, Chris. You didn't want to bring that up. Uh, did I, Iowa I, lose tonight? Iowa dropped to Illinois State. Oh, we did have breaking news earlier tonight. Breaking news. Yeah, Northwestern <laughs> got their second win of the season, and not only got their second win. They put up 15 runs on 18 hits. Dang. You know, I, I I heard you mention Oklahoma State a second ago, but DBU, while they're not ranked, that's a really good squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they, all very much so. Out. That's a tough, 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 tough team. That's a regional team almost every year. Look, UCLA down to Cal State Fullerton. Man, there's a lot of good baseball going on. That's some good midweeks. It UCLA, really is. UCLA is going in the wrong direction right now. They they really are. They better come back and get this one because you don't want things to get to spiraling before you, uh, you know, get halfway through your conference season. That's what uh, that's what Tennessee's facing right now. 
put yourself in a hole. Also, Missouri, yeah. you made a deal with the devil, but you did not get a natty out of it. You just wanted to sweep Tennessee, and now you've lost a starter every game since then. Yeah. I'm not saying I want that to happen, but I'm saying next time, choose a little wiser. When the devil comes with a fiddle, don't even answer the door. <laughs> Is there any update on those guys? Are they season enders, or are they just, you know? I know the one guy – the one guy I can't remember his name now because I'm not looking at it, but the one guy that was their their ace guy, he is out for the year, from what I read. Yeah. We're seeing so many guys go down. I mean, it's 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 almost like when we talk to we have more pitchers on, I think, than anything else on in off the bench. And you it's almost like you want to have Tommy John at some point, but you don't want to do it like your sophomore year in college. You want to sure. do it like your sophomore year in high school. So you yeah. come back, get strong, or maybe your maybe your junior year, senior. I don't know, but you don't want to do it in college if you don't have to. I actually saw uh, Ben Upton had tweeted out earlier that he's got the flu and he's looking for uh, uh, blog ideas. And somebody posed the question: Does the pitch clock have any factor in the increase in arm injuries? He said, hmm. "Ah, that's an interesting one to look at." <laughs> that, that is really interesting. Is. I think that one thing that I will – it's it's known how I feel about the pitch clock. I hate it. I don't think clocks belong in there. But the one advantage that I think is indisputable – I don't know how you feel about this, Cody, but the the or maybe I do, actually. Maybe you're the one that said this. If you're a base runner, you can time it. Like, you get a three-second head start. Before the – I saw Big Blake Burke make a steal tonight. That dude is like 240. Jeez. I mean, now, granted, if he slides halfway to second, he's probably safe because he's got, like, really long arms. But my point is, you could time it. If they only have a couple seconds left, take off because there's nothing they can do about it. And by the time the catcher gets it, he don't have time to throw you out if you're even semi-fast. I mean, yeah. EBJ should have, like, 100 steals by now. He really should. If he'd stop getting caught. He gave away his secret, man. <laughs> well, yeah, he shouldn't. That's why you don't go on podcasts. You don't you don't go on your podcast and tell people what you're looking for to steal a base. <laughs> well, speaking of the pitch clock, um, so Christian Little, you know, like I said, he started tonight for LSU and he went two innings and he I mean he looked good, obviously this grand you expect it. But the one thing I did notice, he took his time on the mound. Every pitch he threw was with like under three seconds left on the clock. And he just – he looked comfortable up there. And I think that might be one thing they're probably preaching to him is like, you know, slow down. Because he was he was rushing at the like his last few appearances and it it was nice to see but it's scrambling so I can't yeah I, I can't really say thing, much the thing that really alarms me about Christian Little when he takes his time he's really good he's got the talent we know he's got the the goods but when you get him into a game in a high level matchup like if he's in an at bat against a guy like Blake Burke or whoever it is I don't it don't even name a name it doesn't matter. Um, that's when the his heart rate gets to going, and he starts mm -hmm. just speeding up naturally. And the best of the best, the Paul Skeens and whoever else you want to name, your heart rate's got to stay the same. The elite of the elite, it can't. Your approach doesn't change no matter who's at the plate, no matter what the count is. And I know they're human, but I think if until Kristen Little figures out how to regulate his movement in those moments, he's always going to be up and down. Absolutely and, agree. And, and another aspect of that, if he gets a base runner on. Uh oh, not just not just a big hitter, but just a base runner. Yeah, it, pitching from the stretch really, is tough. Yeah, it really messes with his mechanics. I agree. He threw and, back to first at least ten times in his two innings tonight, and one throw was a, a wild throw. 
So we actually had a pickup. We brought a pitcher in tonight out of the bullpen, and he never even threw a pitch. He just picked a guy off and went into the dugout. And I was like, "Well, <laughs> save the arm for this weekend, boys." Absolutely, man. And and I can see Tony Vitello. You know, he's throwing all these got left-handed pitchers out there. That's something you don't want to do against LSU. Is go in there with cold arms. True. Knowing that they struggle against left-handed pitchers, so you get them a couple of innings here, a couple of innings there. That way, they're not coming in ice cold, and you know it gives them a better opportunity. I think. I, I want to read something to you guys just because I think that this is a uh, this is the mindset I think LSU fans are. This is an Arkansas fan. Obviously, they just saw the greatness of LSU, and it said, "Question from a Razorback fan." This is on Twitter: Tennessee gets swept by Missouri on the road. Missouri seems to be better this year, but it's still Missouri. Why does Tennessee think they can or will be competitive in this series? So, I got LSU fans coming to the uh, defense, actually, of Tennessee, talking about the weather, and they weren't prepared for Missouri. All true. You can't get punched in the mouth of Missouri. I don't care. Spitting seeds. Our boy spitting seeds. Chris's boy, my boy, friend of in off the bench. We're actually going to hang out this weekend in Alice Box. His rebuttal was, Vols still easily have one of the best pitching staffs in the country and a stout lineup that is still working out the order. Missouri surprised some teams in the past, especially in Columbia, especially when it's as cold as it was two weekends ago. Mizzou took a series against LSU in Como in 2019. And his rebuttal, and he came back to say, part two, moral of the story. Crazy-ish happens in baseball, and it's an impossible sport to win every game you play, especially in a league like the SEC. And even with an all-time lineup like Tennessee ha- or LSU has, I would argue that Tennessee has the best chance of anyone to be competitive against them. That's good content right there, boys. It is. It is good content. And it's kind of like, you know, with like in MMA, like I used to cover that. And yeah. The big thing they say is MMA math does not work. Just because one fighter beats another doesn't mean they're going to beat this guy. In baseball, same thing. I don't care if you're 0-6 in the SEC. Tomorrow's a new day. You don't know what's going to happen. Matchups so, are so important. Sure. And everybody's pitching up the, the right-handed left hand. Well, Tennessee doesn't have any left-handers. Okay, go look at your MLB prospect list, and you look up there, and you see Chase Dolander at number two, and then you look at next year, and you see Chase Burns at, like, number two in the draft prospect. Like, these are dudes, man. Don't be fooled by the ERA. And, by the way, Chase Burns still has 60 strikeouts on the year for a guy that everybody says is struggling. Chase Dolander has 54 strikeouts on the year for a guy that everybody thinks is struggling. Drew Beam only has 27 strikeouts, and they say he's been the best of the bunch. I don't – that's what I'm saying. Cody, you're right. I don't – Spare me the numbers, bro. Spare yep. me the numbers. When they roll that ball out there Thursday night and Chase Dolander has it in his hands as a Tennessee fan, or if you're Tony Vitello, I feel damn good about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, that, hey, and that's the same way. Skeen's head coach, I'm, I'm really feeling good. Absolutely. That, the same way with Vanderbilt and Carter Holton. You feel good yeah. with Holton taking the mound. Mm-hmm. That's know, why has, he has he been it. perfect? Has he been perfect? Absolutely not. But no. he gives you a chance every week. And you said it, Chris, before the season that you, you know, you, I think this pitching staff is going to get things figured out. And they really, they seem to have figured things out. More importantly, the offense has kind of figured some things out, too. Is it because they're facing bad pitching? Remains to be seen. Doesn't matter. You got to score runs to win the game. That's what they've been doing. But Carter Holt has still been one of the best in the SEC. And I said it again before, I'll say it again. Vanderbilt is in a prime position because really nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Everybody's talking about Tennessee struggles or talking about how great LSU is. They're talking about Florida and CAGs. All those things are 
our headlines. Cags deserves all the credit. Sprout deserves to have a lot of attention. Vanderbilt's just like, I'm cool. Tim Corbin don't care about that. I don't need all that. Right. Come on. Hey, put us on ESPN Ocho. We're just going to be here. <laughs> and when y'all are watching us play in Omaha in a couple months, y'all be like, damn, where they been? And 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 a guy like Car- Parker Nolan, you know, taking things personal from past experiences, you got to love that. <laughs> I do. I, I, I'm, I, I'm actually anxious to see Parker Nolan play at uh, Tennessee this year. Me too. Just to see what he does. Because that's his hometown. <laughs> I got to get up there for a game. There's a couple things I want to I wanted to go to Alex Boggs, and it just worked out. Where with my daughter's travel softball. It was a Thursday night game. Going to make a day trip because I have to be back for a tournament. That's a two-day tournament. Anyways, long story short, I've got to go to Alex Box. I want to go to Baum Walker, and I want to get up to Lindsey Nelson to see the Vanderbilt series because I'm a t- I've am been a Tennessee fan my whole life, so, you know, give me some mercy here. But how long will I have to watch Tennessee be this damn good regardless of they win the series? They're not always this good, so I'm trying to take advantage sure. of all I all I. And look, LSU, dude, Skip Burton has been a long damn time ago, guys. Yes. Yeah, Maneri came in, got a title, and they've had some really good teams. But they were winning like what they went six out of ten, six out of nine. I mean, and then they, I mean, it, it, it's like a, a flash in the pan, man. Vanderbilt's been so consistent. They have two at what two in ten years. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. How you get to witness greatness, man. What we're seeing in the SEC right now, everybody wants to talk about football and how good it is, and it is. They're better in baseball. This league they is really deeper are. in baseball. Absolutely. I think I think Kendall Rogers is the one that said it this weekend. The last two College World Series teams are 0-6 in the SEC. That's how good it is. And Mississippi State's lost 17 straight games in the SEC. He said that's what makes what Tim Corbin has done at Vanderbilt that much more remarkable because sustained success is hard to come by no matter where you're at in the SEC. I totally agree. Tim Corbin is abs- – and Dave Van Horn too. I know they haven't won yes. the titles, but to be consistent as he has been, and I think that that is where you know Jay Johnson – and for all the hype that they're getting right now, he still has to prove that he can sustain, that he can build it and uh, and sustain it, right? Because sure. sustained success is hard. You're look, people thought that Tennessee was going to come back in this series. They were ranked number two. Some even had a number one going into the series. But Tello's got to prove that. Like he has built enough respect in the SEC where people expect them to compete, and that's great. But do it for ten years. Do yeah. it for fifteen years. I mean, that's what we got to see. We know all these dudes know baseball, right? There's not a dude in the SEC, even Lamonis. Like, the guy knows baseball. By the way, he's getting fired. I, I don't know, no harm, Mr. Lamonis. I hope that your next job at Middle Tennessee State treats you well, but it ain't going to be at Mississippi State. Yeah. Fox Hall, I hope, to be honest with you, I'm not sure you should be a coach anymore for college baseball. And definitely don't go to high school because I don't need you throwing out nobody else's arms. Uh, me personally, I. I w- thought Gary Henderson should have had that Mississippi State job to begin with. Fair. You know, interim coach, you take your team to the World Series, you deserve a full-time spot. But Fair. they got Lamonis instead, and, you know, I feel like the way you treat people, you reap what you sow. If you treat people bad, it's going to come back to haunt you at some point. No, but I don't think any Mississippi State fan would trade the title, though. I don't, I don't no. think they would. Probably not. I- 
I want to ask you guys a question, and I'm kind of taking over. I apologize, but oh, you're good. You know, Lamonis is getting he's out, right? The, unless there's some miraculous turnaround. So if you look at look up and down the lineup, and I think we all and, and it's gonna sound like I'm a homer because I'm saying this. Josh Elander getting a, getting a look at that job. He's going to get a head coaching job soon, but is Mississippi State too big of a job to be his first one? I mean, because that, that, they are really, really good. But the position they're in right now, I think they're willing to take a risk. And that's a look, that guy's a phenomenal recruiter. Every major arm or every major player that's come into Tennessee always brings up Elander as the reason they committed there or Frank Anderson. Tony Vitello is great, right? But that's, that's, a, that's a different game. But I'm talking like Josh Elander at Mississippi State. That could be that could be tight. Young, energetic, young family. Man, he could put some life in there. Who do you, if it not Josh Elander? What are some names you guys think? Give me Gary Gilmore from Coastal Carolina. Solid. That's Solid. I know that's random and probably unexpected, but you know I think someone like that would be a just a a top you know pick for them. And then I mean you got I mean you got teams like. I mean, honestly, some of these mid-major schools, I think their coaches are going to start getting poached for these bigger jobs here soon. And, I mean, you got, like, I don't know what Campbell's head coach's name is, but that guy's got I was just thinking about him that he's going to get a job somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what's weird about that, though, in college baseball? Is it like, okay, if you're going to – is it more even? Like, Campbell can win a college World Series. Like, they mm -hmm. can do it there. He doesn't have to go to Mississippi State to do that. If you're a guy that's at East Carolina or Coastal Carolina or Campbell, why do you take that job? Like, I can get there, and I can win a whole lot more games. Is it just money? Because, I mean, I don't know what he's making. It's Justin Hare is his name. I don't know what the guy's making, but it's probably not Lamonis money. No. No. You wouldn't think it would be. Justin Hare. Let's see. Let's, let's just look up some salaries here. This is – I'm very interested because if that guy's making – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that dude's making 250000 That's which, by the, kind of by the way, I, I could make that to coach baseball. Oh, I right. I would take 80. Let's be real. Well, are they a private school? Because his salary is not public record. Oh. It says that his net worth is between one and five million. I think that's a kind of a gap there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the lead here. Uh, our friend Sam, big South Carolina Gamecock fan, has posed a question: Is Vitello great though? I want to take the lead on this. He's better than Mark Kingston. Woo. I said what I said. He is. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's true. I think that if you're if you were let's let's do this let's do this on the fly on the fly. If you were to rank right now. Your top five coaches in the SEC. You got to say Corbin. You got to say Dave Van Horn. Vitello's got to be in that three four range. He's got to be. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You got you got Corbin, Van Horn, Sully, Vitello, and Johnson. I don't. No Bianca. Got to be Bianca there. I don't think so. No. You don't no. think so? Just because he's so little. I think y'all are like hating because he's John so little. Johnson's been to two College World Series. I think oh, okay. Bianca might have been, but I'm not certain. I think I think, I think Bianca's been to been to two, but he's only one, he's got he's got a win though, man. This guy's got a he's got a ring on his finger, man. Don't Johnson have one at Arizona? 
I didn't think they wanted it. Did they win it with Jay Johnson? Are you uh, sure? Was he the coach when they won it? I didn't think he was. But he might have oh, been. You, uh, you might be right. Uh, No. He doesn't have one yet. No, he doesn't. I'm looking at it now. Playing yeah, career. Point I can't remember. Loma Nazarene. Yeah, so his head coaching record in the tournament is 19 and 9, but he does not. He has one Pac 12 title. No, he has no no title. He's a runner up. That being said, he's only been coaching D1 for 9 years. And he's got a 354 and 190 record. That's that's pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> My man played at Shasta. What the hell is Shasta? <laughs> Shasta College is in Redding, California. With branch campuses in Bernie, Weaverville, and Red Bluff. It was only founded in 1950. My man went to the first online college in person. That's where Jay Johnson got his digs in. <laughs> it's a beautiful campus if you got a chance to check it out. By the way, I'm going to put this out there right now. I say it every year when they're in the NCAA basketball tournament. If anybody, if I'm a player in college baseball, I'm going to Florida Gulf Coast. That's where I'm playing. Put yes. me on the island. I'm out there. On the beach, on my dorm room, I got beautiful women, I got beautiful scenery, and I'm good at baseball. Sign me up. SEC be damned. Put me on the beach. No, no Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and you have an entire island for your campus? Yo, like, it kind of looks like the Bermuda Triangle. But, like, yeah, it's nice. But you seen Florida Gulf Coast, man? Although, I think that's, like, actually where the uh, the, the the weather balloon, the China balloon was at. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe we don't want to go there. It's not going to so, make it in Texas. Or Florida Polytechnic. <laughs> Are y'all ready to know who a big alumni is from Shasta since we got onto that rabbit hole? Ken Shamrock. No way. Yes. I did not wow. expect to see that. <laughs> wow. Ken Shamrock, Redding, California. They got, that's a small – I mean, they only have 8,500 students. That that's is small. That's small. I mean, the University of Memphis is pretty small, and they got like over 30,000. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, we was going to pick them. My bad. I'm getting a sidetrack, man. No, you're good. Oh, it's all uh, fun. That's what it's about. All right. We like well, getting all these little nuggets all from all these smaller schools. Absolutely. Speaking of smaller schools, Iowa Wesleyan, who's always had a fairly decent baseball program, is closing its doors after 181 years in existence. Dang. Dang. There's going to be a moment of silence. Mid Midwestern baseball players going somewhere now. <laughs> um, let's see here. So, Kentucky, Missouri. Who you guys got at Kentucky? Kentucky. I I got to go with Kentucky with the injuries that Missouri's taking in their pitching staff. This will be the first time for me this year, but I'm going against Missouri and taking Kentucky as well. Unfortunately, um, I think I know the answer to this, but Alabama at Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, woo pig baby. Yeah. Yeah, I think Arkansas. I. I said it earlier, Arkansas sweeps that one. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Alabama, they're just, they're just kind of proving people right. And, yeah, Arkansas easily. 
Um, South Carolina and Mississippi State. <laughs> if you think Vanderbilt hit a lot of home runs against Mississippi State, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be 64 fun. home runs on the year. That's the most in the SEC. I think it's the most in the country. That ain't going to be pretty. Yeah. All right. Over under, will South Carolina 15 home runs? Over. Over. I'm with you on that. They might get, um, that. They might get that Friday and Saturday. Yeah, probably. Um, Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Hotty toddy, gosh almighty, who the hell are we? They're winning the series. Not only that, they're sweeping the series. I don't Ooh. think a and Oh, I don't think that Ole Miss is, is – is, everybody's putting them down there in Mississippi State, and I get it. They're both on six. I do not think Ole Miss is near as bad as, as Mississippi State. They just no. have to play good teams. They've played really uh, good teams, and they have a lot of injuries on their pitching staff, but that team still hits, man. They they, oh, yeah. they were really competitive against – not against Vanderbilt the first night, but they were competitive in spots. And against Florida, they really gave up the booty when they got to the late innings. And Florida yep. can hit. But Ole Miss, they scored. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Ole Miss myself. Uh, I'm going with Ole Miss. This is their get-right weekend. Hope so. God, um, I don't want – you know what, I I should have picked A&M because I don't want that stupid-ass hashtag don't let the Rebs get hot thing to start trending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that flame will get extinguished quickly, I'm sure. Um, Auburn at Florida. Gators. I'm, I'm just in the – I'm in the boat that I just don't think Auburn is that good. I don't either. But, you know, we yeah. always say that, Chris, and then all of a sudden they're They in end Omaha. up in Omaha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And they got a dude that looks like, you know, Babe Ruth, like after a cocaine binger out there dropping bombs. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be different on this one. I'm actually, I think Auburn's going to actually sneak out too in this one. Hot take. Yeah. Um, I, I personally don't think, you know, it's hard to go back and say they shouldn't have won the series, but. There was a lot of stuff that went on in that Georgia Auburn series. Oh yeah, oh agree. That it could have easily gone the other way. So I don't think Georgia's bad. I, I mean, that might be a hot take. I don't think they're bad. I don't they think they're get, bad either. They don't have three. Look, we got more arms on this podcast right now than they got in their staff. That's the problem. But God dang, them boys can hit. They got two dudes yeah. batting over five hundred. Yeah. Yep. Um, and speaking of Georgia, Georgia at Vanderbilt. Oh, I'm going to go Vanderbilt, but I, I think Georgia takes a game. I think Georgia can get a game. They can hit, and if our pitchers ever blink, it's a bad game for us because we're going to be in trouble. Yep. But the hot take is Georgia wins a game, fifteen to eleven. Like Wouldn't that. surprise me. We we gave up seven runs on Sunday to the worst team in the conference. <laughs> That's facts. Yeah, I think had, I think had, I had think, me sweat. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Georgia does take one for sure. Um, I think it is going to be a close. Uh, one of those two wins for Vandy will be closer than they want it to be. But yeah, I think Georgia at least gets one. Um, the big series. trap series. Georgia oh, it one hundred percent trap series. And if it, and if it was on the road, I'd be more concerned. And and Georgia's had our number the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, the big series of the weekend, number 10, Tennessee at number one, LSU. 
the best pitching matchups. Well, the best the matchup mm. in Thursday night, which is a shame that's gotta be Thursday of all nights. But I'm happy because I'll get to be there now. Yeah. I mean I kinda, I kinda laid this out earlier, man. I think Tennessee, this is gonna have all all of college baseball eyes, which isn't enough people. All eyes on them, and I think they get to Skeens a little bit, and if they can, this is a big if. If they can get to the bullpen, I think Tennessee takes that Thursday night game. LSU comes back, gets the the Friday game, and then the rubber match, if that goes to a bullpen game, because I don't I like Tennessee in that scenario. Now, if Tennessee messes around and happen, Chase Burns finds the magic and starts getting right, LSU can be in trouble because and this is just my theory, and I think you guys will agree. If I have to take one or the other, I'm taking pitching over hitting every day, every day. And I just feel like Tennessee people are forgetting that that pitching staff, not just their three starters, that bullpen is still one of the best, if not the best, not only in the SEC, but in the country. Kirby, Kirby come in there with, the, with them blonde curls and just, and just he's, doesn't hey. even look like he's throwing hard. That dude will come in there. He'll put his butt. He'll put his Marlboro Red out. He'll crush that butt heavy on his forehead. And by the way, he's a lefty, Cody. Y'all struggle against lefties. You don't do want we. that guy. But do we uh, struggle really? We're struggle. hitting two sixty three. Okay. I, mean, I mean, the other. What's the other slash? What's the other slash? What y'all hitting against righties? Like, like three forty seven. That's a hundred <laughs> points. But yeah. I, no, I agree with you. It's overblown because people are saying it. But what I'm saying is. The name that that's a great name drop because Kirby, that dude is not going to be scared to come in the game in the, in the bottom of the eighth inning. Not he's, at all. He's like, oh, oh, y'all, y'all need me. Oh, all right, cool. You need He'll me come to out throw. There. You need me to throw a sixty mile an hour fastball. I got you. I got you. Oh, you want me to throw it? I'll, hey, change up. Watch this. Forty seven. Dude ain't scared. He's gonna have like a dip stain on the front of his shirt. He's Kenny Powers, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be a great series. Um, I don't see a sweep happening by any means. I think that um, I think the big difference maker is actually gonna be um, it is gonna be offensively actually. I think that um, now especially now that I think LSU is starting to realize who their designated hitter is with Cade Beloso making his crazy emergence over the last few weeks. Creole Bambino, baby, Man. get off the bench, special. <laughs> I think he is. I think he is going to be a difference maker in this series. Actually, um, for some reason, he sees he is seeing the ball better now than he ever has. And Agreed. he had a home run tonight. Um, and uh, man, I, I who, who am I kidding? I think LSU takes two or three. I think that, um, and I think LSU will score double digits in those two games. Ooh. Ooh, that's hot take. It is a hot take. So. And I'm, I'm going to preface this with everybody knows that I hate the University of Tennessee. Everybody knows that. So everybody's assuming <laughs> where, news. where I'm going to go here. But I'm going to shock you. <laughs> I'm going to name drop a couple guys. Camden Sewell. Kirby Connell. Those guys are going to play major roles. I think they get to the LSU bats. I'm taking Tennessee wins two out of three. Okay. We got breaking news. Chris, Chris Keenhold has picked Tennessee to win a series. This may or may not be the first time ever. 
Hell has frozen over. <laughs> the name to watch out for, you're throwing out an X-Factor. You brought up K. Beloso. K. Beloso is a friend of him off the bench. Love the kid. I think you're right. He's found it. Trey Morgan being in left field, even though I, I'm firmly against it, I don't want to get on that soapbox because if a scout tells me that that dude doesn't grade out as a major league first baseman, I think you don't you don't know what the F you're talking about. However, I think Trey will be at first this weekend. He will be, but I'm saying I think you're going to see him a little bit because you're going to want to get some of those other those those bats in there like Cade. But Christian Moore, a name to watch out for. The guy's an X factor, and like I said earlier in the show, if you're looking for for him. You know, as the kids would say, I'm him. Christian Moore, no, they're not going to be scared at the moment. And the one thing is, man, Alex Box is so uh, – it's going to be electric. You're going to have some night games in there, and it's going to be rocking, and uh, Tennessee's not going to be scared at the moment. They're not They're not going to be scared at the moment. They got punched in the mouth. And I think that even though how bad it hurt those guys, and a lot of those guys are gone, losing a series like Notre Dame helps you grow as a team it helps guys like Absolutely. chase Dillander. it helps you mississippi notre dame talked about it when they went into the dude the year before and played mississippi state uh and they had a rubber match and mississippi state won the game notre dame talked about it even though a lot of our guys left that series helped us go into knoxville win that game and i said i feel like that as the growth of the tennessee program goes this is going to be another step in that direction whether they win the series or not. If you go in there and win a game and you're on the national stage, it take whoever that guy was earlier that says, is Vitello great? We don't know if he's great yet, but what we do know is that guy has these kids listening to what he's saying, buying into what he's selling, and they're on the main stage and everybody in college baseball should be watching this series because it's two heavyweights in the SEC. Agreed. There's, there's so much pitching for Tennessee. I could, I could name drop guys all night long. Seth Halverson, you know. These guys are going to play major roles, and I'm I take pitching all day over bats. Cam and Sewell, the sure. Gator Killer, Xander Seacrest, another lefty, Bimby, uh, Ben Joyce's twin brother Zach Joyce. The guy comes in and he don't throw 105, but he's throwing it about 101. There's so many arms. Chris is right. When you come in, look, and over the course of a season, let's just say that Tennessee it just they they lose, they win the Florida series, but lose the Vanderbilt series, and they're sitting up there and they get to that 15-16 but they keep their arms healthy, I'm cool with that, man. I'm cool with that. I don't need them to go through and win 26 SEC games anymore. I, that was cool. It was fun. It didn't mean anything because we still got yeah. put out in the Super Regionals. It, it's a fun ride to go on a ride like that. Mm-hmm. But hey, LSU's finding year, out now, ain't they, Chris? But at the end of the year, when you get <laughs> put out of the tournament you're and like, you don't damn. get to go to Omaha, you're like, that wasn't was as that fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. wasn't as fun. We flipped the dude off in the middle of the game for what? <laughs> um, speaking of injuries though um so jay johnson he had a press conference the other night and two of our pitchers had tommy john surgery um javen coleman had a, a last summer he or actually last season he is uh like 13 and a half months out now he was pitching he was thrown on the mound the other day because preseason they said he's gonna do some bullpens and they were going to determine if he was inactive or not this year well through the other day, hitting 92, and he threw five sliders. So everything is projecting up for him. Grant Taylor had surgery in January, and he is a projected – he was like a top 50 overall uh, prospect for next year's draft. Or No, I'm sorry, for this year's draft. He announced that he's using a red shirt and coming back next year. And Johnson even said even if he only gets him for the last quarter of the season, he's happy with it because he was actually supposed to be a starter for us this year. So – very, very happy with that news. 
Randy found something he's studying. Uh, a lot. <laughs> LSU Twitter and Chris, you, you know this as a as a Twitter aficionado. It's really been non-existent. LSU Twitter's been non-existent for a lot of years. They found their voice. They, and they found Tennessee fans. But what's really got me puzzled is the Arkansas fans, they really hate Tennessee Twitter. They hate Vol Twitter. Everybody hates Vol Twitter. I understand Everybody why. Everybody hates Vol Twitter. <laughs> I understand why, because we are quite uh toxic, if you will. But Arkansas taking LSU and after just getting your teeth kicked in. Come on, man. We're supposed to be fighting the evil empire together, Arkansas. You just got smoked, and you're coming out of there with a moral victory. Well, let me tell you something, LSU fans. Scott, look, Cody, Jim, Tennessee ain't coming in there feeling good about winning the game. We're coming in there to win the series. Tony V ain't dying on no sword. We're not Dave Van Horn. We're not coming in to win a game and then, oh, thanks for having us. We'll see y'all again later. Don't let the good Lord hit you with it. No, we're coming in there to win the damn series. Okay. And if we don't, tip of the cap. But we come in there to win, man. That's the, the bottom course. line. And as a, and as a as a competitor, if you're going to tell me why does Tennessee think they can compete, Chris, you've been a Vanderbilt fan for a long, 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 long time. And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but in other every other sport other than baseball, it's been a tough fucking ride, right? Freaking it's ride. Been Sorry, tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's been but you, tough. you don't go into a game as a competitor thinking, well, I just hope we show up and really nice. No. No. We go in there and we want to win. Do you think that a guy like Chase Dolander, who's, by the way, about to be a multi-millionaire, thinks he can't best the lineup? Of course he does. Just like Paul Skeens thinks he can. Carter Holton thinks the same thing. When they go to Knoxville, that's going to be so fever-pitched. Yeah, Vanderbilt will be confident going in. They're not going to go in there thinking, I really hope we're competing with these guys. Hell no. I just, hope, I just hope they learn their lesson from last year and keep their dead-gum mouth shut <laughs> and don't pull no stupid tricks. Just go out there and play your ball and let the field – let the play on the field do your talking for you. Uh, you better tell your coach not to check our bats either. <laughs> I, those bats alone. I still, <laughs> I still think that would be so epic if – Dylan Cruz gets up there and he hits a moon shot, and Tony walks out and points at the bat. <laughs> What's it checked? <laughs> Real quick, I know we're trying to wrap up. I'm going to ask you both a question. Cody, obviously being the LSU fan, and I will die on this hill. I saw a guy, I've seen them walk Dylan Cruz to get to Tommy White multiple times this year. Mm-hmm. Tommy White has made him pay. He's hit grand slams. Yep. If you're if I'm Tony Vitello and I have that opportunity, I'm walking Dylan Cruz and I'm pitching to Tommy White. I'm doing it because I understand that Tommy White is great, but I'm not letting Dylan Cruz T. I'm just not. I'm not doing it. That guy's too no. good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I had to walk one and pitch someone at me, that's exactly what I would do. But to be honest, if I had the arms that Tennessee has, I go for the strikeout every time. I don't. I yeah, don't I might pitch to both. And you know what? To be honest, I, I, I Chris probably knows this too. You, I mean, you don't see Tony Vitello they, or Frank Anderson. They don't intentionally walk. They, I don't know that they ever do it, to be honest. I can't think of a time. Maybe that's overconfidence. I think in 21, they they did it a little bit. But then they weren't near as developed as what they are now. So, And it was a different set of arms, too. Yeah. 
No, you're right. No, yeah, yeah. With with these sets on, because nobody knew when you're coming in. You got Chase Burns and Drew Beam. You didn't know you were getting these guys. Seth Halverson was supposed to be the Sunday starter. Drew, he gets hurt. Xander Seacrest was a starter. Uh, you, you mentioned it earlier about Camden Sewell. He was a starter. I mean, these 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 are dudes that could pro- outside of well. Maybe Vanderbilt too, but outside of Tennessee, LSU, and Vanderbilt, those guys are probably Friday or Saturday starters on most other SEC squads. Yeah, absolutely, easily. All right, boys, I've I've kept us long enough. <laughs> it's all good. We enjoy it when you jump on. Absolutely, give some life to this place. Punching up. We're just we're just these uh, two mundane dudes that are like. Oh yeah, UCLA's headed in the wrong direction, <laughs> <laughs> and you th- you just come in there and throw the salt and pepper all over it. <laughs> yeah, this is paprika up in here, but I can't wait to see it, boys. Because we're gonna hey, this is separation weekend. It really right is. This will be three series in. We know what we got, and 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 look, if we look back after this weekend, Tennessee's got a hell of a road to go. You got Florida, you go to Arkansas, you're back home against Vanderbilt. Then, then what's your consolation? You got South Carolina. So it's tough for all of us, man. And nobody's feeling sorry for anybody. You know, it is what it is. So, and look, hey, LSU, they ain't got it easy either, man. If they think they're going to roll through and just sweep everybody, I mean, we've seen already that ain't happening. They didn't sweep A&M. They didn't sweep Arkansas. It's hard. It, yep. it, it, it's hard. And and that, that's coming from a fan of a guy, team that won 26 games in the SEC. It's hard. Yep. And it, it's very costly to do that, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ask me about it. I know. <laughs> Jack, Jack Brannigan at Notre Dame, I'll never forgive you. But at least you made it out of your regional, though. We didn't even get out of our own regional. We did. But, you know, we had to play the daggum Campbell humps, man. It was Odds were against us. And those guys were dropping bombs and talking ish while they were doing it. Their fans were everywhere. I mean, we that was a heck of a regional. And then then what do you get? Notre Dame and a group of 37-year-old men. Yeah. I wouldn't pick those dudes up on my slow pitch softball team. And all of a sudden they came in there dropping bombs, making it look like our dudes was throwing slow pitch. <laughs> it's all good though. Well, I gotta jump, boys, but hey, love what y'all are doing. Go damn balls. We'll see y'all Thursday night at Alex Box. I might go live. I might paint my chest. I might go full Bruce Pearl. So, question for you, real quick, before you jump off. We know Cody's little girl plays ball. How did Arlington Middle School do tonight? Uh, you know, so what a back to back, Chris. You know, back to backs are tough. We won last night 21 to four, right? Big right. district game. Come back tonight, play the first place team in the district, and it did not turn out so well. We lost six to three. We found hitting late. So we had three straight triples, I think, in the last inning. Time runs out, and and we just ran out. We ran out of time, Chris. That's what we did, man. We had a runner on third, ran out of time. But, uh, hey, we're back at it uh, Thursday night. We're back at it. We're going to be going to get Kyrville again, and we got to do a little better. But, look, here's the big news of the week, man. I got four kids, three of them now playing ball. Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, my four-year-old has his T-ball debut. A game. No practice. We ain't talking about practice. We're talking about a game <laughs> at 9 a.m. At 9.30, my seven-year-old plays her first coach pitch game ever. One field apart from each other. Meanwhile, 
my 13-year-old, who's, you know, she's a veteran to the game, we will be at a tournament in either Tupelo or Oxford. I can't remember where we're playing now. I have to look. But we're in a two-day tournament, so I'm going to have to be really moving some things around. It turns out I had more kids than I know what to do with, and I'm no longer a man-to-man. I'm in a zone. That's actually why I divorced my first wife, so I could watch more kids at more time. You know what I'm <laughs> now we kind of got to go out and do this team thing. I got my husband-in-law, which that's my ex-wife's husband now. He's out there doing his thing. I got a kid over here, kid over there. Hey, man, I love it. But like, I want to tell everybody this, too. Cody, you got young kids, right? It's such – Chris can tell you this. He's like 75. He's got grandkids now. Listen, <laughs> it's such a moment in time, man. This 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 moment – what do they say, Chris? The days are long, but the, the moments are long. The days are short. What? I don't remember what they said. Yeah. It's, but, man, it's it's gone in a blink, man. My son's about to be 17, Chris. I'm, I'm old as hell. You are old. My daughter <laughs> – my twin daughters are 27, Ooh. and one of them – one of them just drove off the lot in a 2024 Ford Bronco Sport and decided to start saving money. And her plan is, I want $10,000 in the bank by August so I can buy a house in Florida. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's, they that's go by quick. <laughs> they do, man. I, it's, it's so crazy. So as much as I'm busy and I'm here and there, we had Monday night practice. Lala had a game. We had Tuesday night. Tonight we had another game. Tomorrow night we have Stella has another practice. Thursday night Lila has a game. Saturday all three of them playing. But I love it all, man. I can't get enough. That's why the invention of the phone and being able to watch the SEC network is phenomenal. Headphones. I, I Look, I can't take it in enough because I know that in 10 years all this is gone, man. All of a sudden now I'm just a grumpy old man with a fan over my head doing a podcast. <laughs> get your own propeller, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't even see my fan, man. But look, I do got to jump, boys. I appreciate you. All right, man. Anytime. Well, that was a good show. Um, I also need to jump. I'm tired as hell. You've been yawning too, so I can tell yep. you're, you're tired as well. Yep. Duty calls for work in the morning. So, yes. you got anything else to add? Or uh, going to be a fun weekend. That series, that that series in Baton Rouge is going to be absolutely huge. Uh, although it doesn't have the luster of Vanderbilt and Georgia, I, for me personally, is huge because if we if we can pull that sweep and get the nine and zero in the SEC, Man. that's a lot of ground for anybody else to make up. You know, I understand Florida's still right there, South Carolina's still right there, but if you can get a four or five game lead on Tennessee this early in the season, you got to feel good about that. So. Huge, huge series with uh, Georgia coming up. Huge opportunity to get something done. Yeah, the next two weeks you need to be an, L- an LSU fan, technically, with LSU playing South Carolina and Tennessee. Hey. And Kentucky the, the third week, man. Yes, sir. All right, well, I'll get you a, I'll get you a purple and gold shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's been a good episode tonight. Um Hope everybody enjoys the baseball this week. Definitely do not miss the uh, big game Thursday night and see Skeens and Dolander, which is probably the coolest pitching matchup you'll see this season. Um, So, yeah, with that being said, have a good night. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.